When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Macca's 30 Days, 30 Deals. Find out today's delicious deal only on the My Macca's app. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. Ah, yes, indeed. A very good evening to you. Welcome to the Macca's Run. Hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can, however you've been putting it in, wherever you've been putting it in. It's wonderful to have you on board right now, however you're finding us, wherever you're finding us on the SEN network. The Macca's Run, just catching you up to speed on all the big discussion points throughout the course of the day, and this is your chance to have your say on the news of the day. You can do that on the Harcourt's open line, one 736 736 Your move your Harcourts for all things real estate. Speak to Harcourts for all things sport. Speak to me. Uh, you can text in on the 40 Wings Temper text. Consumer choice winner temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. And it's all for Maccas. Pop into Maccas for 30 days of 30 deals. The major conversation point today is still the Brownlow betting scandal, which continues to dominate discussion. Um, umpire Shane McInerney was on summer breakfast uh, today and, and shared his... Well, his emotions around how he felt when he uh, heard the story yesterday. Oh, look, shock's one word. Um, disappointed. In fact, probably beyond that, it's actually devastating news, Sam. And look, it's probably particularly devastating, you know, for the existing AFL umpiring list to, uh, certainly in my time at least anyway, greatly valued the integrity of the Brownlow medal and certainly saw their role and responsibilities in, the, in its awarding as an absolute privilege. So... Uh, to have this uh, this news um, come out yesterday uh, is, uh, yes, shocking, uh, as you've just suggested. Uh, Shane McInerney on with Summer Breakfast, Sam Edmonds, Simon O'Donnell doing a cracking job. Uh, Jared Whateley um, weighed in during his editorial to start off Whateley this morning at 9am. It is one of life's truisms. Wherever there's gambling, you'll find scoundrels and scallywags. And there's a world of difference between corruption and carelessness. As well as being its most prestigious night, the Brownlow Medal is the AFL's premier betting product. In the coming days, we'll learn just how vulnerable it is. It's distinct for the fact that by the time the majority of betting is done, the votes are already cast. The subjective elements are determined and the knowledge is held by multiple individuals. As a risk profile, nothing could be higher. Every year there are purported leaks, but they tend to add to the flavour of the build-up rather than threatening the integrity of the count. Now, historically, sport was slow to recognise where it might be compromised. The spot fix rather than the match fix, the bowling of a no ball at a certain moment, rather than the throwing of a test match. As betting on the Brownlow has evolved, it's moved past the overall winner and the leading vote-getter at each club, which you know is my failing, 
to markets predicting the voting of each game. And that's where this trouble evidently lies. Uh, Jerry Whateley earlier on today, and it's interesting too, Scott Gullen uh, in an article in the Herald Sun has provided a little bit more insight into the games in which red flags were raised. And you can read that article at the Herald Sun website. Um, it's the Round 13 Queen's Birthday Clash, according to his story, in which the umpire name was actually the fourth umpire. Um, Collingwood and Melbourne, Queen's Birthday Clash, Round 13. Brody Mychek got the three. On that night, 16 disposals, four goals. Clayton Oliver had 43 disposals. He got the Neil Danaher trophy. Uh, Mason Cox, uh, the second half that he had, uh, 21 touches, eight marks, nine hitouts and a goal. Many thought that he could have been best on ground. The other game to raise suspicion, according to Scotty Gullen's article, um, was the round 23 clash in Kilda and Sydney. Dan Hanabry uh, in his last game got the three votes. Um, no Swans player featured despite uh, the Swans getting... The win. So this story continues to unfold, um, and when things like this happen, it's uh, not uh, doesn't often take long. When things like this happen, I shouldn't say that we haven't seen anything like this happen, which I think is part of the shock in all of this. It feels like a bit of innocence has been lost. There's been rumours for a long time, but nothing ever quite like this, where four people have been arrested and charges uh, are pending. Dane Zorko, uh, Brisbane Lions captain, was on SENQ today and said that maybe it's time to do the Brownlow voting a little differently. Just the social media stuff that I've been sort of reading and sifting through is they're saying this is another reason as to why umpires shouldn't have to vote straight after the game. Leave it to an expert panel that can decide. Don't leave it up to the umpires. Uh, Take that responsibility off them. I mean, I don't know if that's the way, but now there's three and next year there's going to be four by the sounds. They're going to bring in another umpire. And now the fact that there's, well, there's three at the moment, they're all sort of in different thirds of the ground. So you're not actually seeing mm. who's the most influential the whole mm. time, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I agree. I, I'd give it to a, someone who's, who's been watching the game and sitting up high and understands what's happened throughout yeah. the whole game and, and decide from there. Uh, Brisbane Lions keeper Dane Zorko with Pat and Heels on uh, SENQ today. Um, Grant Thomas has floated something similar to the Herald Sun, a 54321, a panel of experts that would be hired specifically for the purpose of going from game to game to watch the game, consult, confer, and then give the Brownlow medal votes. But uh, a Brownlow medal winner in his own right, Jared Healy, uh, moments ago on Sports Day, uh, gave his thoughts on this idea. Well, I would never change it. I don't see the justification in changing it. I look at, uh, I've heard for a decade, the midfielders' medal claim, and clearly the history would show that unless you're a midfielder, you're in trouble to win it. But Mm. if you go through the coaches' votes this year, one player out of the top 10 was uh, a non-midfielder. So to me, if if the umpires are getting it pretty much close to what the coaches are getting it, I, I reckon they're going okay. And so it's an instinctive award. Mm. They don't use the stats uh, as much as, as others. And I would say that's the charm of the Brownlow medal. Okay, you may have a different view as to who should win or not, but to say that you're going to fix up the problems that we've got right now is ludicrous because if you're giving it to other human beings, you are also giving it to people who can Make pass on information. That's so right. I, I don't quite get the, you know... Why, the, why do we need... Why do we need to change it. I, I understand. I don't even need to. That was Jared Healy and Brad Johnson. So the 1988 Brownlow medalist, not sure why we'd need to change it. And let me know how you feel. Where do you sit on this? Um, are we just jumping at shadows here? 
uh, or is it an opportunity to change something in the game that you feel like hasn't been right for a while? Dane Zorko thinks it's a catalyst to make the change. Grant Thomas uh, as well. How does that actually safeguard us any more than what we currently have is the question that Jared's asking there and a question that I agree with. How are we any better off? How are we any more safeguarded from a panel of experts? How are they any less vulnerable to something like this occurring um, than the umpires would be? So that part I don't really understand. But given that we are moving into a different structuring of the way the game's going to be umpired in the four quadrants, so to speak, with the four fewer umpires, does that impede their ability to give votes I don't think so. But could it actually help get votes into other players on the ground if the umpires, um, you know, if you're feeling like it's, oh, it's a midfielder's only award, but so is every other award, um, does this now actually give the umpires, if they're in one sector, they are going to see more the defenders, more the forwards, um, and maybe they can actually have more insight into that when they go to give their votes. Um, have we ever got it horribly wrong consistently? Yeah, there's been some shocks with Brownlows over the years and you can probably name them. Some surprises here and there, some votes that didn't quite go the way that you want and people will throw up Diesel in 93 and they'll throw up a couple of others. But have we got it consistently wrong time and time again, so much so that there needs to be a change? I think we've got it right more often then we've got it wrong and, and substantially so, wouldn't we? one three hundred seven three six seven three six to have you say uh, on that. Uh, Andy Gowers, um, it's been a fantastic thing that Jared Waitley's been able to do on his program. Hawthorne members have got their vote for the next president, December 13th at the AGM. Uh, last week, Jared had President-elect Peter Nankerville on the show, sen.com.au, to hear the full chat. Today, 1991 Premiership player, former board member Andy Gowers was on, and pretty timely after Jeff Kennett again... Uh, went after him uh, and board nominee James Marino in a late-night Twitter rant. Um, this is what Andy Gowers um, uh, had to say uh, in regards to that. I, I alluded to this on Sunday at my rally. Um, it's Every Hawthorne member knows that that has not helped our club. It certainly doesn't help our cause when we're looking for funding for the Kennedy Community Centre and we know that there's money to be to be transferred to Hawthorne at the right time that isn't and it's and it's not in our coffers so that that damages our opportunity to develop the Kennedy Community Centre and recently it's been announced that that's been delayed by a further year so the and and look Hawthorne members are smart they understand that Jeff He's a former Premier. He's obviously um, you know, a former Liberal leader, and that's clear and that, that's understandable. So that platform has given us as a club uh, a lot of ammunition in terms of getting uh, presence in the media and so on. And that some of that has been really good, but some of it doesn't help us and doesn't help our cause. So that is why I'm reminding Hawthorne members that, you know, Kennett presidency and the Nankerville vice presidency for the last five years is the current era. I'm looking to change that. I'm looking to bring in a, a new broom. Andy Gowers earlier today. I was down in Tasmania yesterday in Launceston talking to Hawthorne members and fans and the general mood is one for positive change and that's what I've been picking up on myself and that's why I've put my hand up. I think the opportunity is there for Hawthorne members to have their say and what I'm all about is positive new change for our club. Uh, so Andy Gow is there and doesn't believe that uh, Peter Nankerville represents that change that he's keen to see. Um, so if you want to hear the full chat of both the um, the nominees or both the candidates for Hawthorne's 
next president. SEN.com.au. Uh, go in and vote with an informed mind and you can hear them and make your own mind up about who's the best option for Hawthorne moving forward. SEN.com.au. Mark in Bacchus Marsh, Dominic in Melbourne. Stay right there. I'll get to your calls on the other side of this. This is uh, the Macca's run. We do it all for McDonald's. Pop into Macca's for 30 days of 30 deals. Harcourt's open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You'll move your Harcourt's. Macca's 30 Days 30 Deals is back. Claim daily deals only on the My Macca's app. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. Uh, call on the Harcourt's open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 We do it all for Maccas. Pop into Maccas for 30 days of 30 deals. Mark in Bacchus Marsh wants to talk Brownlow. Hello, mates. Good evening. How are you going? Long time no chat. Great to chat to you again, Mark. What have you got for me? Well, I think that the Brownlow does need a bit of an overhaul because it's become a midfielder's comp. I think an independent or non-umpires might give defenders, rucks and forwards a bit more of a go. And I think the Brownlow changed in the later 90s once the, AF, once the umpires were given access to the stats. They never used to get the stats up till about 96. And then the AFL decided to give them the stats. And as soon as that happened, it became a midfielder's game because they went to a midfielder's award because they just kept going by the stats and looking at the disposals and so on. It's always um, been a midfielder's I, award, Mark, though. There, there have been non-midfielders that have won it. But, but, it, but by and large, if you go back and look at all the winners, I think it's like 90% of them, 80% to 90% are midfielders. It, it's always been a midfielder's award. They don't always look at the stats. So it just wouldn't be the Brownlow anymore. So it's just a different award. So then how is it different to the coach's award, to the player's award, to you know, any other award? What defines it then? What makes it different? Well, basically, the amount of votes midfielders get these days is much higher than what they used to get in the past before the umpires had access to the stats. But is that the like, umpires' fault, you'd Mark? win the brown low. Just for you, is that the umpires' fault? Or if you listen to any coach or any player or any expert, when we ask them in the games, where's this game going to be won and lost, it's always it'll start in the midfield. Games won and lost in the midfield. We're told that by coaches, players, everybody. So... It, it, is that the umpire's fault that the game always recognises midfielders first and foremost? Well, I, look, I hear that or you hear that quite often, but you also listen to the experts who build teams and they say you've got to build the spine first and you build the team around the spine, which is your big man being your centre-half forward, full forward, ruck, centre-half back, full back, and then you build the team around that and you build the midfielders around that. So, I just think, so do I you... think the big... What I'm curious about, Mark, is why do we think that taking the votes away from the umpires will somehow unleash a spate of non-midfield winners? I wouldn't say it's going to have a spate of non-midfield winners. I just think that some of the other positions will get a bit more recognition like they used to in the past. Like I said, in the past, before 96, 97, when they changed it to having a look at the stats, rucks and defenders and forwards got more votes. They don't get as much now these days. Like, you know, 30 votes to win the Brownlow was nearly unheard of back in the, from the mid-90s. Normally 21, 22, 23 gets you home. These days, if you 21, 22, 23 doesn't get you close, you need 30, 31. You need in that range generally now 
because midfielders do get more votes than what they used to in the past, in my opinion. Mark, always great uh, to get um, your opinion, my and, friend. And thank you for ringing up to make it, buddy. We'll speak to you again cheers. soon. Cheers. Uh, just running short of time there, so don't mean to, to cut uh, anybody off. Uh, just before we finish up, Todd Greenberg, uh, the Players Association, the Cricket Players Association boss, was on with Jared Waitley early today, and Jared asked him about the current view um, that the public have of our Australian cricket team. When you don't win um, and your performance is put under the spotlight, these are the sort of questions that will get asked. Um, I'm hopeful that we have a great summer here. We have some great success on the field and this is not a question that you and I will be talking about at the back end of summer, hopefully. So do you think the Australian public loves its cricket team? Well, I think it's different. Uh, I think parts of the Australian public absolutely love the cricket team. Uh, But it's a different sense because different players play at different times in different formats. So... I think there's an understandable element here that says um, how close can we get and how well do we know uh, when there are teams and changes chopping from time to time. So uh, my my simple answer is yes, I do think they love their Australian cricket team, but I think there is more we can do to ensure that that love continues to grow in years to come. Todd Greenberg, Cricketers Players Association boss today, he went and spoke about whether there's a lingering resentment or a lingering effect of Justin Lang as expert. He spoke about the relationship between current and former players. Uh, it's a really interesting chat and well worth a listen to, sen.com.au. But it is interesting today that Pat Cummins has announced he's stepping back from the IPL for the time being. This is a man that's earned $4.5 million in the last two years, and he's going to take a step back. And I don't think that the motivation for doing that was to re, to maybe ingratiate himself more on the Australian public, but I don't think it hurts. I think whenever you've got a player that says, I'm going to choose country over cash, well, I think that's just a little step in the right direction where I believe that we are as disconnected with our Australian team as, as we maybe ever really have been. The World Cup, I think, showed that. People voted with their feet. Hey, on the other side of this, the other big story of the day is Adelaide and South Australia getting the live tournament. We will go through it all with Nick Ahern off the tee, our dedicated golf programs up next. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.